Hello, and welcome to episode 224 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Nancy T. and Vishnavi M. to The Modern Manager community. I hope you'll consider becoming a member as a way to show your support for the show. Membership starts at $5 a month and gets you access to our private Slack community so you can connect directly with me and other members, and you can find new resources and get advice. And you'll get our members-only private podcast feed that has extended interviews with each guest, so you get more great insights. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. Today's guest is Russ Laraway. Russ has had a diverse 28-year operational management career. He was a company commander in the Marine Corps before starting his first company, Pathfinders. From there, he went to business school, had management roles at Google and Twitter, and then co-founded Candor Inc., along with best-selling author Kim Scott. Over the last several years, Russ has served as chief people officer at Qualtrics and is now the chief people officer for the fast-growing venture capital firm Goodwater Capital. Over his career, Russ has managed 700-person teams and $700 million businesses, facing a vast array of leadership challenges along the way. And he is now the author of the book, When They Win, You Win. Being a great manager is simpler than you think. Russ and I talk about what he's discovered through his research are the most important areas of focus for a manager. We get into why it's so hard to be a great manager and what you can do to immediately put Russ's findings to work for your team. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Russ. I'm super excited to talk about your new book and your findings and just all things manager management stuff. Like this is my jam. So I love to geek out over it with other people. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm in the exact same boat. I've I've come to believe that my calling is to rid the world of ass clown managers everywhere. And that's a big job actually. And so really stoked to be here with a, a kindred spirit. All right. Yes. Okay. Great mission in life. I am, I'm with you on that one. So let's just start by laying some groundwork because I think we all live the challenges of being a manager, but really, why is it so hard to be a manager today? Yeah. I think like starting with the the basic and tactical, I just think there's so many things competing for your time and attention. And in any given day or week, I think it's uh, actually quite difficult to know exactly where you should spend and focus your time. I think that's that, and that that little tiny answer, I think it's a really small number of words, but I think it's enormous, actually, when it gets down to the nitty gritty of uh, being a manager. I think the way we create managers and develop them is hyper flawed. So on creation, the first thing that we do pretty systematically is the way we pick our managers, whether internal promotion or external hire, we we pick them often based on how good of an individual contributor they were. And the the activities that make you successful as an individual contributor look nothing like the activities that make you successful as a manager. Now, some attributes, like if you show a lot of initiative, That'll be good for you in either world, individual contributor, manager. But I'm talking about the activities. The manager stuff is a lot of work. And the fact that you are a great sales rep does not mean you will be a great manager. So we select poorly. 
And then the way we sort of grow and develop managers is pretty bad. I have this fantasy. Do you mind if I, it's G-rated, I promise, but do you mind if I lay out a little fantasy for you? Go for it. All right, cool, cool. So I think that the the data that I share in my book, by the way, is that managers are systematically failing across the globe. And I defend that pretty pretty harshly. So your question is, why is it so hard to be a manager? My answer is, I agree with you, it is hard. And by the way, there's a lot of evidence, actually, that it's so hard managers are failing. And uh, But it's okay, we we have a way out. But how how and I say I say in my core sort of keynote talk that I do that managers are failing and no one is helping. It's literally on the first slide, and I think a lot of people instantly say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! How can you say no one's helping?" The literature on becoming a good manager it's it's a, a growth industry over the past decade plus. Podcasts like this, yeah. I, I mean, I wrote a book. You run a podcast. We're part of the system. The research and the HBR articles and everything coming out all aimed at how to be a better leader, how to be a better manager. And uh, by the way, do not care about the distinction between those two and and love love to get into that with you if you like. But anyway, so here's the fantasy, right? Russ, how can you say no one's helping with all this stuff out there? So I'm going to take, you know, these authors and podcasters, all of us, I'm going to, and I'm going to sit us down one-on-one and I'm going to ask each person, how do you think your stuff contributes to helping the average manager out in the world be great? And what I think everyone would would orient around is is it's I'll I'll express it with a metaphor is that oh my stuff how does my stuff help well my stuff is a selection in a buffet style lunch line so the managers going through the a la carte or buffet style lunch line they pick a little off the Mamie section they pick a little off the Russ section maybe they get to the Simon section then the Kim section maybe the Liz or Adam section I think you know who some of these people could be. Mm-hmm. And then off they go. They got a plate full of you know nutritious food. That's uh, really a metaphor for a leadership toolkit that they can then use and apply just the right time, uh, just the right leadership problem. The problem that I've seen though is that this corpus of stuff doesn't feel for the average manager. It doesn't feel at all like a leisurely trip through a cafe style lunch line or buffet style lunch line. What it feels like is that they're hogtied in the center of a middle school cafeteria while there's a multi thousand person food fight transpiring. Right. There's just too much stuff. It doesn't hang together. And here's the kicker. Not one leadership prescription, actually until now, till, till, till the one we're going to talk about today, not one leadership prescription out there holds itself to measurable account. Meaning, what are the specific leadership behaviors that measurably and predictably lead to more engaged employees and better business outcomes? And so managers have just become confused. They've taken the bait to go down the grandiose nonsense idea that leadership is better than management, and they're uh, eschewing the blocking and tackling behaviors that lead to the outcomes they want because they've been fooled into thinking there's something fancier and bigger out there that they should be pursuing. Uh, We've overcomplicated the job. You, me, and the rest of us uh, have overcomplicated the job, and I think it's high time that we took it back to uh, something much simpler. I love this metaphor of like, take a little of this style, a little bit of that expert, and then like try to figure it out because there isn't kind of comprehensive research. There isn't a single model that has been kind of proven, or maybe there are a few different versions for different particular things. Like I love radical candor when it comes to giving feedback, right? Like that's a really great thing, but it's not part of a bigger system yet. And I can see that like, it's really confusing when you're trying to figure out how do I do my day job? How do I also manage my people? 
how do I grow myself? Like there's just so much that we're all trying to do as managers and figuring out how to do it is is tricky. So yeah. you alluded to your model and the research you've done. So let's just jump in, like give, give us some answers here. Yeah, so so there is now pretty robust research that suggests a way a, a way to manage teams, lead teams that measurably works actually. And in fact, funny you mentioned radical candor. This really started when I Kim and I had co-found Kim Scott, the author of Radical Candor. She and I had co-founded a company called Candor Inc. And I was our go-to-market person. So long before I was a people person, you know, people team or people ops person, I was go-to-market at Google, Twitter, and and ra- radical candor. And I talked to like a thousand companies. We had a lot of demand for basically getting like a radical candor feedback workshop. And so um, talking to like a thousand companies, I would start every conversation with a pretty simple discovery question, which is some version of how do you think we can help? Or what problem are you trying to solve? Kind of the same same question. And what was fascinating to me, Mamie, is that a thousand companies didn't matter what size, didn't matter what industry, gave me basically the same answer. They used wildly different language, right? A bigger company would use more sophisticated language. A smaller company would use less sophisticated language. But what they told me was that they had an engagement problem related to low manager skill. Almost nobody probably used that exact exact phrase, by the way, but that's just roughly what they said. And so I did what you or anybody else would do next, which is say, what's the nature of the skill gap? And this word cloud emerged. That was what became the big three in my book, direction, coaching, and career. Now, we were working on coaching at Radical Candor. We had you know, a feedback workshop that was super popular. Kim would do these keynotes around Radical Candor. It was pretty good. But I developed a workshop around career, given this, and sold it and tested it in the marketplace, refined both the coaching workshop and a career workshop. So really got underneath in, 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 in real environments, sort of how people were thinking about these problems. The only one that was kind of missing was direction, which I developed a little bit later at a company called Qualtrics that I worked for after Candor Inc. And so developed this idea of the, of the big three. There's these three broad sets of leadership behaviors, direction, coaching, and career. They actually break down into about, you know, somewhere around 12 more, uh, which I give away in the book, that we can, we can measure. Actually, we can ask employees if their managers are demonstrating these behaviors, ask them quarterly. And so, and that score, when you measure that, you score it, it's called a manager effectiveness score. And we started this at Qualtrics, basically wanted to test whether the big three did what actually leadership is supposed to do, more engaged employees, better business outcomes. There's no other thing leadership supposed to do. It is about moving people, whether you're managing or leading is irrelevant, is about moving people from point A to point B in an aligned way. And so we wanted to test if these specific behaviors had a measurable impact on both engagement and business outcomes. And the core model in the book is 3ER, which means the big three or three broad sets of leadership behaviors leads to more engaged employees, which leads to better business results. That's the R. And so we did. And we discovered, and by the way, third-party research predicts both relationships. Third-party research predicts engaged employees deliver better results. I have about 10 stats over the last decade in the book. You know, for example, 10 years ago, Bain and company said that more engaged employees deliver 2.5 times more revenue than lesser engaged employees. Gallup said in like 2014 that companies in the top quartile in employee engagement have 95% better earnings per share than their competitive set. Notice I didn't talk about retention or attrition uh, vis-a-vis engagement. I talked about the most precious business outcomes you can imagine. At Qualtrics, we did our own first party research. We found that um, when we improved engagement by five points in our sales organization, 
quota attainment improved by improved by 30 points, right? So just to give you a feel of the relationship between employee engagement and business results. And so then the question is, how does the manager affect engagement? Well, Gallup, sticking with Gallup, they found that the manager explains 70% of engagement, meaning in large data sets, if we observe a variance in employee engagement and trace that back and try to find its cause, that variance, 70% of variance is caused by a commensurate variance in manager quality. In other words, good managers, high engagement, bad managers, low engagement. And so what is it that the managers do that leads to high engagement? And what is it that they don't do that you know leads to negative engagement? It's the big three. And so we found, for example, that manager effectiveness score that I mentioned, plus or minus two points of manager effectiveness was worth plus or minus one point in engagement. So if you just Put that all together, maybe what we discovered at Qualtrics was when managers exhibited these 12 behaviors, the big three breaks down into 12, their teams became more engaged and their teams delivered better business results. And that's what that's what leadership's supposed to do. That's what management's supposed to do. No difference. And, and by the way, direction coaching career, notice how not fancy that is. Did you notice how unfancy, how simple that is? And we've all been led astray down this path of, my unique leadership style, like nonsense. The word style appears in my book six times and not once does it refer to leadership style or at cocktail parties. I think leadership and management are very different. And then what follows are no original thoughts about either. We have to restore dignity to the office of manager. It turns out there's just a really small number of behaviors that get it done, which I outline in detail in the book. And by get it done, I don't mean my opinion. The world does not need another person's opinion about what it takes to be a great manager. We need to learn to lead in a way that measurably and predictably leads to more engaged employees and better business results. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much there. And I want to make sure that we get into like the good juicy stuff of all of this. So can you give us like a high level for each of those three and kind of what it looks like when you're doing it well? Yeah, absolutely. So direction, it's basically the act of making sure, not kind of sure, but absolutely sure that everyone on the team understands exactly what's expected of them. And when it's expected by. It's a four-part framework with two long-term elements, purpose and vision, and two short-term elements like OKRs or quarterly goals, and then prioritization, which I've defined as daily or weekly expressions of work. And they're all children of each other. So your daily or weekly priorities are a function of your quarterly goals. Your quarterly goals are a function of your vision. Your vision's a function of your purpose. And so that's kind of how that works. High level, I'll come back. Coaching is really about defining, first of all, what is performance. I'll argue performance is results, and there's two major composite pieces to performance, the work products and the behaviors. We care about not only what we get done, work products, we also care about how we get it done, our behaviors. Behaviors might be things like our core values, right? And you're coaching people in both uh, both around work products and around behaviors. You're coaching people either to continue doing something they're doing well, being very specific about what it is and why it matters so that they have the best chance to repeat it. And you're doing that five times as often as improve the hard, scary conversation, which is helping people understand their work products and their behaviors, what they need to be doing better and go into a lot of detail about how to do both of those well. And then last is career. I have found over the years that managers erroneously confined in their, their mental model of the relationship with their employee, they confined to just the two years or so they have that person on their team, right? Today, if someone stays at a company past four years, that's a miracle. If they're on just one team during that time, that's very unusual. So I say, you know, a manager has someone for two years and, they, and the manager thinks about the relationship only in that two-year context. That's wrong. Actually, what I charter people with is to be the gravity assist or the slingshot. If you've ever seen a space movie, the mission's in jeopardy. We left a guy on Mars. We don't have enough fuel. 
So we're going to use a planet's gravity to launch ourselves in the far reaches of the galaxy. I'll argue a manager's job is to be that gravity assist slingshot. While you have this person under your charge, your job is to help them realize their wildest long-term dreams and go into detail about that and have some very strong statistics about how impactful these things are in terms of being a great manager. There's an exercise that I do that I just want to quickly run you through. You don't have to do the exercise. I'll give you the option to do the exercise or have me give the punchline. But I ask people, you know, if you're the guy who, you, if you're the guy who comes out with this complexity argument of the lunch line problem, you also then need to be the guy who tries to simplify the job. So I ask people to write a job description that will fit any manager in the world. I don't care if you're the CEO of Google or you're the frontline sandwich shop manager at Jersey Mike's. No, same job description, but I have constraints, maybe. And the constraints are you only have two bullets. Please don't use 14 dependent clauses. You only have two <laughs> normally constructed bullets. <laughs> and then the second is don't give me attributes, like be a good listener. That's not wrong. I think you know good managers tend to be good listeners, but I mean duties. Like wh what's the job? The job is not to be a good listener. So what would you like to do? Would you like to take a crack at the case or do you want me to sort of tell you what I came up with? No, I of course want to take a crack at this. I, I like am super clear about what those two bullets are for me. Hit it. All right. So the first one is to help your people be successful. And, okay. and the second is to help your people thrive or like feel good in the process of doing their work. Okay. I love it. I, I'm going to argue both your bullets are the same in the world where we have to simplify this down to two two bullets. And so here's what I came up with. No right answers, no wrong answers, but you're you're all over it, I think. So here's what I came up with. Your first obligation is to deliver an aligned result. Um, I think all the touchy-feely kind of stuff we end up talking about is completely irrelevant if we ever lose sight of the fact our primary job is to deliver an aligned result. And the word aligned is doing a ton of work in that statement. And the second, you said it almost exactly how I would say it, which is, to enable the success of the people on your teams. Now, success has two flavors here. One is enabling their short-term success to become better at their job. You do that through coaching. And the other is to enable their long-term success um, beyond these four walls, enabling their wildest dreams career. And the direction co coaching and career overlay, by the way, I arrived at these two conclusions separately. They overlay perfectly. So direction is about clarifying our portion of the aligned result. And coaching and career, the mechanisms by which you enable people's success. Anyway, I find that's a super helpful simplification of the job description. By the way, it, hold, it does. It holds for the CEO of Google and it holds for the frontline sandwich shop manager, Jersey Mike's. Now, the activities those people undertake in order to pull that off are probably wildly different in many cases, but they're not different than direction, coaching, and career. You know, it's the next level down or two levels down where things might start to vary. So anyway, that's the big three in a nutshell. That's And that's sort of how they overlay over the simplest job description I can come up with for a manager. And I'm happy to go into any detail on any of those uh, or go any direction you'd like to go from here. So given that we don't have, you know, three hours to dive all into this, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, like what's the number one thing that you recommend managers do to take a step forward on any of those. You can either pick one or we could get to all three if we have enough time. But just, you know, if you're if you're like, yes, I need to create that aligned direction, what can I do to just start to, you know, move in the right direction? Yeah. Can I give you one in each of the three buckets? Yes, please. All right. So on direction, assuming you have quarterly goals in place, the number one thing you can do is to help your team prioritize. Prioritization is an exercise in subtraction, not addition. And their work every week, you should ask them 
to explicitly state their top three priorities for that for the day or for the week. And you can do this in something as simple as a stand-up meeting. It's an outcropping of, of uh, agile software development. It's called a stand-up meeting because you literally stand up. It's usually 15 minutes. The idea is if people don't get comfortable, we'll end the meeting sooner. That's literally why they stand up. And the only agenda item is each person articulates their top three priority, maybe five for the week or three for the day. And those should be 100% rooted in whatever quarterly goals you have set. A lot of times our companies, we have chaos because we're growing or because we're maybe not always run that well. Uh, and we have people who want to do great work. And the combination of that, Lisa Simpson in a chaotic environment, is that people try to do too much all the time. The manager is the, if the manager doesn't give people permission to do less, who will, right? And so the manager has to insist people subtract work. Prioritization is exercise and subtraction, not addition. By the way, if you teams remote or distributed, you can use Slack. Slack, you can have the Slack bot prompt your team every day at their start, starting at their start time for work, whatever time zone they're in. It says, what are your top three priorities for the day? And the whole team together can have, you know, a virtual standup. So that's one very specific thing they could do. They'll make their teams happier and they'll make their teams more focused on the most important stuff kind of overnight. That's one. Getting into coaching, the less intuitive thing is take this little phrase and put it in your quiver tomorrow. Do you know what I love about the way you ran our team meeting today? Do you know what I love about the way you did that customer presentation? Do you know what I love about the way you handled that customer service ticket? Start saying that a lot more often and, and beware. Don't ever say good job. That's useless. You sound like a cheerleader, not a coach. Sound like a coach. Coaches are specific about what was good and why. This gives people the best chance to repeat those things. They go home at night and they never say, my manager has no idea what I do, which by the way, most of your employees are saying that you have no idea what they do. And they feel recognized. The most important thing, you give them the best chance to repeat the things that are working, work products and behaviors, but you get these other benefits from making that a habit too. You should be praising your employees or giving them continue coaching, as I call it in the book, five to one to improvement coaching. So that's coaching. On career, it's a three conversation model. Each conversation takes about an hour. It's actually a fairly heavy lift. But if you do one thing, one thing, it's flip through. If you flip through to the book, it's part four, flip through to the, the second conversation, which is about helping people establish their long-term vision. If you and your employee, and there's a, there's a technique to doing that that I cover in some detail, but if you and your employee can get a shared, clear view of their dream job, the pinnacle of their career, when they're happiest, not wanting for anything else, by the way, almost certainly will be outside of the four walls of, of this current role you're in. It shouldn't be a 10-year plan or five-year plan. It's truly a vision for the end state of their career. Once you and your employee have a shared understanding of that long-term vision, say the lighthouse in the distance, the next day, the way you think about the, the new opportunities or the training or the ways you invest in your employee, I promise you, they will change overnight. Because look, maybe a lot of managers, and I bet the ones who listen to your show, understand, I don't have to convince anybody that their job is to help their people grow. Where most managers go wrong is they never ask, grow into what? And when you go through the visioning process with your people, you answer that question. And now all your short-term tangible investments in that person are at least, they are usually now explicitly and consciously, they, they contemplate the long-term vision. So I would say get to clarity on a vision with your people uh, on the career side. Awesome. All right. So unfortunately, we have to start to wrap up. So Russ, can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? Yeah. 
I've had a few good ones over the years, but the best one uh, is Kim Scott, who wrote Radical Candor. And I'm really happy to report that. A person who wrote a management book was also actually a really good manager. And the reason is I've never had another manager who so actively and defenselessly, meaning not becoming defensive, farmed for dissent. And look, my personal style, I'm a natural dissenter. You don't, you don't, I promise you don't write a book like I wrote if you're not a dissenter, if you're not a skeptic. And Kim was, every ounce of her energy was truly about getting to the best answer. And she understood that the answers existed in the, in the whole team, not just in her head. And she was the best I've ever had at actively farming for dissent with the objective of getting to the best possible answer. It's really hard to do. And so that's why it's not as common, but for, for her, she was, she was the best. She was, you know, she walked the walk. I love that. I love hearing that about her because I know I've read her book and I, I feel like I know her just from reading and, and how pervasive her work is. So it's great to hear that she's also a human that walks the walk. Yeah. By the way, she was my boss twice. Uh, well, she was my boss at Google and then we were co-founders at Candor Inc. years later. And so I, I, I've seen this in a couple different environments and you know she's just very consistently the best at this at this thing she's good at a number of things she's the best at this thing awesome all right and where can people learn more about you Russ, and keep up with your work yeah website when they win you win.com is probably the best place to start we talk about training that we do you can get a summary of the book where to buy it um we have a bunch of blog posts on there's a lot of good stuff some some free tools on there so that's pretty good I'm the easiest guy on the planet to find. There's not a lot of people with my name. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm verified on Twitter, RAL1. Uh, I'm on Instagram. And then our company has handles. They win you in on like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So we're we're so easy to so easy to find. And if people reach out, we're actually really responsive and happy to help people through, you know, through some of their challenges. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for talking me through your findings and what we can do to put all of that good thinking into action. My pleasure. Thanks a ton for having me on, Amy. Russ has generously offered to give away a signed copy of his book, When They Win, You Win, to one member of the Modern Manager community. You must be a member at the Sprout, now called Patron Level, and enter by 11.59 p.m. on Friday, October 14th of 2022, if you want to be part of the drawing. To become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or a nonprofit agency, you'll get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to the newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com that's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes, and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.